You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Uh, I am your host today. That's Evan. Unfortunately, our lady... Uh, had other plans. She couldn't be here with us, but we want to keep the show flowing and keep it moving. Uh, and so we miss Dion today. We hope she's enjoying her day, took her day off. But uh, here we are still producing another episode, and we have a loaded week to talk about today. Uh, I know for me, I had a chance to kind of listen to a little bit of uh, Kyrie's uh, interview with him and Katie on the Joe Budden podcast. And Funny thing about Kyrie, man, Kyrie has that marijuana circle philosophizing mind almost at every waking moment. <laughs> you know, the man thinks so much that he has you in another dimension. But can you believe that he had the nerve to say today uh, on the podcast that uh, when I look at KD, is the first man I look at and I say, man, he may be able to close better than me. And the, and the funny thing is, you know, Kyrie has later went on and said, you know, why we turn brothers against brothers. Once again, with that, that marijuana room philosophizing, pass the joint, puff, puff, pass. Uh, but, you know, Kyrie is just, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a guy and he says some strange things. But, you know, whether it was shade or not intended for LeBron, LeBron got hit uh, in passing fire. And so uh, I want to hear from my guys today, you know, and we have Alan, who's, who's uh, taking on the host, co-host role today. Um, I want to know from my guys, what do you guys think about Kyrie's statements? I mean, was he wrong? That's, that's, really, that's really the question. Was he wrong? Now, we all know that LeBron isn't necessarily a closer. Well, no, let me put it like this. When they were together and in the beginning of the, of his career, that wasn't LeBron. Now, he's had to take that role on after that collapse back in Miami against the, the Mavericks. But, you know, once he got to Kyrie, he's has like, yo, I got, I got my Batman. I can do what I need to do, get everybody involved. And, you know what I'm saying? I can go ahead and pass the ball to Kyrie because Kyrie going to do his thing and no one can really guard him one-on-one. So as we move forward, we see Kyrie hit the, the game seven winner to clinch the championship. You know, after a period of time, they run into Golden State. Kyrie's like, yo, LeBron's about to be out. I'm out. Goes to Boston. And now we see that LeBron has to take on this role. We see him that he now has to really be like, I, it all has to, has to start and literally end with me. He's never really had to do that. Now he's tried in the beginning of his career, but he hasn't really been successful. But now that we see that he's taking on his role, like, I, that's cool, but let me shift back to Kyrie. Kyrie goes to Boston. Young, first of all, I just want to point this out, like, Basically, Danny Ainge basically hustled everybody, especially Brooklyn. Um, Danny Ainge is a crook, man. <laughs> and what happens is you got this young core. You got Tatum, Brown, 
Granted, they did do well without Kyrie when he was hurt in the playoffs. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know what I'm saying, those guys were still young pups. And even as we see in, within the bubble that they're still learning, Kyrie's already been there, done that, although he's been unsuccessful alone. So now it's like you go to Brooklyn, you have KD, one of the most lethal explosive scorers in the NBA. Like, is he really wrong to where it's like, I right, if KD takes this shot, I don't have to worry about while they're going in because KD has that confidence. KD has the opportunity to put us over the top. And I don't have to worry about, oh, if I pass it to this dude, is he going to be scared? And honestly, KD has said this same type of rhetoric about why he had to leave the Thunder. He said, I was the only guy that can hit shots, that was confident in hitting shots. So when I look at it, I'm like, he's not wrong. He was just in that same predicament. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, there you I respect. Listen, I respect everything my man saying. Welcome to the show again, Alan, my guy, by the way. <laughs> Good to have you filling in, brother. <laughs> but listen, Kyrie, I think Evan said it best, man. I don't know what type of marijuana he had before this Joe Button show. But it was some. It was a strong batch of something he had, because he's out of his mind. First of all, the object of the game is to stay away from last second shots, and throughout LeBron's career, he has controlled the game well enough to stay away from the last second shots. So he had he has the game handled. He's usually up by six, seven points, something like that, whatever the case may be. So the last second shot thing is kind of like fluffed up to me. Of course. It's obvious that LeBron is not a better shooter than Kyrie. So is he get props for shooting better than LeBron? I guess so. But but the shots fired, I mean, he should have known in the back of his mind that when he made that stupid quote that everybody was gonna think first and foremost, LeBron James, who you talking about? The guy, you know, it's biting the hand that fed you, Kyrie. <laughs> you, you didn't do nothing in your career until LeBron played on your team, first of all. So it's just disrespectful. So so was he lying about KD? Uh, I mean, KD can hit shots too. But are y'all going to gel? Who's going to be the leader? It's already it's already controversy in y'all locker room. You talked about, uh, you know, we all could be the head coach. I mean, you're just saying anything out your mouth at this point. So so when you're talking stupid like that, I mean, I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm less willing to hear what you're talking about, Kyrie. And for your statement, it's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> to me, it's, it's, it's like, so my wife is in the nursing field, and she tells me stories of how the doctors will support their wives in their career, and once they get up to that level of their career, they tend to say bye and leave them. Mm. And to me, it's like a bit of it's like a bit of girlfriend, you know. You know, now I have I got somebody, so I could be like him. What quote unquote Kyrie wasn't incorrect based upon the numbers, and the numbers basically says that. For three-point percentage, Kyrie has a 30, 39.0. KD is a 38.1, and LeBron is a 34.4. Right? This is as of For three-point percentage? Three-point percentage. Why is that relevant, though? So we're, the reason why I say that is the statement was taking that last shot, three-point shot to win the game. Basically, he was saying. But in reality, the numbers don't lie. The numbers said LeBron is not quote-unquote, uh, a person to go to, and Kyrie is now bragging about his new boo, and his new boo is KD, and KD could do this, and KD could do that. So, 
let Kyrie brag about his boo. Let him be happy because he sees his ex right now going to is about to win a championship, and his ex right now has been winning. And last year was the first time his ex haven't been in the finals in the past uh, eleven years. You know, past nine years. So his his ex been in the finals for at least a, a ten years out of eleven years. So he wants to brag about his new boo. So. Kyrie, brag about your new boo, okay? We feel, go ahead, for brag about your new boo. <laughs> yeah, what I, what I would say is, you know, clutch shot making is, in a sense, overrated, right? Because let's think about, let's think about Katie, right? Katie had to deal with an erratic point guard to give him the ball in those positions in the game in a good spot, right? You put Katie with LeBron, I guarantee the Nets are guaranteed finals contenders. Not, not, sorry, not finals contenders. Uh, guaranteed in the finals, unless their drastic injury happens. Because mm-hmm. LeBron is going to put Katie in that position. LeBron's a smart player, and he's going to put players in positions to get the shots. Mm-hmm. LeBron himself, and this is like next level thinking, like with, with football or basketball, there are some players that are out there as decoys, right? LeBron is so good, he serves as a decoy, which sets up other players to get those shots. And so Kyrie's getting those shots, but at the same time, how many of those shots is he taking in which he is the only, where the defense is solely focused on him? Even that Steph Curry, that shot against, against game seven, excuse me, game seven, Ty Lue drew, drew up a great play to get a mismatch. Because guess what? Guess what? Steph Curry in defense is barbecue chicken. He didn't shoot over over um, Clay Thompson. <laughs> he he went over a soft ankle barbecue chicken Steph Curry, and his mic and went he up got the sense. And he got really the shot sense. he wanted, <laughs> and so you know Kyrie was put in that position by smart play call designed by his coach, and with having LeBron James as a gravitator on the court. So yes, you are more inclined to hit that big shot. At the same time, you don't do that without LeBron. But on to more marijuana philosophizing statements. I don't know why we're wasting time with these, but you know they're, they're good. They're good. They're good uh, clickbait for the week. Um, Kyrie went on to say, and Katie. And let's be honest, Katie is not too far beyond in the uh, universe uh, ozone in the ozone layer uh, for being <laughs> out there with his commentary. They go on to say that they want that, that that they don't have they don't see themselves as having a head coach they see themselves as having you know someday steve nash can be the coach some days kyrie's gonna be the coach number one i never want kyrie to be my coach <laughs> uh some days kd's gonna be the coach some days jacques Vaughn's gonna be the coach like yeah you know, what are you saying like like as a head coach and maybe this is just like uh, me viewing life through the lens of a pastor i don't have it i don't have a co-pastor I am the pastor. If I have another pastor, it's going to be the associate pastor, or I'm the associate pastor. It gets too confusing with too many voices in the room, too many Indians, excuse me, too many chiefs, and I'm not using that, you know, too many chiefs and not enough Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Right? It seems dangerous, and I, I, you know, they'll be good, but I have concerns about their ability to win a championship with that kind of free-flowing coaching situation going on. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm Honestly, man, I'm going to adapt, adapt my house philosophy after Kyrie, man. 
I'm going to let my son be the, the dad tomorrow, man. I'm going to let my wife be the dad on Thursday. And, you know, my <laughs> daughter, the infant, be the, you know, be the mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, Kyrie. You can't – it's the reason why we have coaches and players, bro. It's, 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 if we think like you, there's going to be no continuity or structure, bro. It's like you can say, all right, yeah, we all have coaches someday. What if, what if one day you just, you know, out of your mind like you was on a podcast? You know, are, are the team supposed to be listening to you? And, of course, you're going to be biased because you like yourself over everybody else. And that's what your career shows. You like your shot better than everybody else. So now your offense is designed by you getting 30 shots and K KD get 30 shots. So, that, so the rest of your team is ineffective. So, and plus, you just put your head coach in the bad spot, man. It's like now, how do you even answer that as a head coach? You know, like, like why is that the first thing I got to answer on my job? Kyrie thinks uh, that he's the coach just like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is that helpful for me being a first-year head coach? And I'm really not a head coach. I'm, I'm, I'm a player coach. I'm a player's coach. Or You know what I'm saying? Like, he might as well suit up to them for all that. So I, I'm just – I'm baffled by Kyrie's statement, but I'm not because, you know, he's the – you know, the earth is flat guy. But I just think he's young. Like, just to be fair, I think he's young and he's, and he's a thinker. And sometimes when those two, you know, when they don't mature, you run into this situation right now. But, KD, you got no excuse, bro. You've been around too long for that. You got no excuse, KD. I, I, I can't say Kyrie's young. He may be young in the head. He ain't young. He ain't well, young. Who's Kyrie? Kyrie in the 30s yet? Man, no. Late 20s. <laughs> Yeah, 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 he's the, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Man. I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I have to. Michael Porter Jr. is young. Kyrie is not young. <laughs> That's fair, too. That's fair, too. Maybe I shouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt. Let me, let me jump in here and say that. You see, maybe Kyrie was saying that it would be such a great place where we were able to interact with our coach and, and, and give him ideas of how things should be. And that's why we all will be coaches. To me, that's a smack in the face. <laughs> that is smack in the face. Because I can remember, um, and this is not uh, your level, Calvin, your high level, but rec leagues, where one week, um, my church league, I coach, we got smacked by like 40 points. And the next week was a playoff. And, and we got, the team that smacked us was 40, and we was a low division, we had to play them. So they had all the confidence in the world. And I believe my coaching helped us beat the number one C, the number three C, and literally brought us to the championship for one single reason. I was able to see outside of the realm of the court, things that the players don't tend to see. You need that extra eyes. You, who's going to, I guess Kyrie and, and, um, and KD is going to do the subbing and take, the, and take everybody percentage and feed the information needed. It, you can't demise a coaching. Coaching in the NBA is very vital. We've seen great, great teams fall flat on their foot because of coaching. <clears throat> 76ers. Um, so <laughs> coaching is vital, and the most important thing is the respect. So as a Knicks fan, I look forward for this dumpster, dumpster fire. More fire, more fire, more fire. I see both sides of the coin. Right. So I look at it like this because I had to look at it in totality and in its right context. So I think Richard Jefferson probably said it best. In a sense, as a player, he had Jason Kidd, who was basically a coach on the floor. 
Now, would I want Kyrie as a coach on the floor? Maybe untuck Kyrie, but <laughs> but you need you need your coach to be there for you to see things that you don't see, as Phil just stated. And so I believe there's there will be nights to where he may have some good input, but I don't feel like it should be something that you should just walk around and just and just say, I get that you're on a podcast, you're kind of relaxed. You know what I'm saying? It's your boy, it's KD, it's his podcast. You know what I'm saying, KD? You you just might be you just might be a coach one day, and then KD said, Hey, John might be the coach. But see, I actually like how KD responded to that. He said, Jock Mom will probably be the head coach too. To try to clean it up. <laughs> to try to clean it up, because it's like, yo, bro, like you wilding right now. Exactly. It's like it's a collaborative effort. Like, bro, like, I mean, hey, I like to defer sometimes, but it's just like, look, man, we we need each other. I need you just like the same way we need these coaches. So Irvis yeah. flat. That's and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, yo, I need the coaches to help guide me to see things that I can't see. Maybe I got some input about a hey, look. We can take advantage of this right here. I don't know if y'all see it or not. Something of that nature. But I don't want to hear, oh, I'm going to be the coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, just the fact that it's like, yeah, Steve Nash, trust me, bro. Kyrie, you haven't you haven't had an MVP. You know what I'm saying? You haven't really been in that conversation. You're talking about a great basketball mind within Steve Nash, and you're just putting him in a very awkward position. Can I, can I just ask you a question, though? I mean, because yeah. coaches matter. Coaches matter. but. When has Kyrie ever made his team around him look better? For us to even to, to say, yeah, Kyrie, you the coach today. Like, when have you ever made your team? If anything, you always made your team around you look worse. I mean, Boston is the prime example. I mean, when teams sometimes play without you, uh, they play better. Uh, Della Vasola looked look pretty good in your role in, in your absence, bro. Like, like. Kyrie has lost his mind, guys. We just call, call a spade a spade. Kyrie, we still would like you on the show, though, bro. But, but you lost your mind. Don't save him. You don't want to be safe. Don't save him. You don't want And so here's the thing, too, right? A coach has to protect you from you. Exactly. Kyrie be out there calling his own number. And here, here is the quintessential problem with the Nets construction. Kyrie is a point guard. AD is going to be the wing. Steve Nash said he can play all five positions. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. I'd love to see KD in the post against Joel Embiid. That would be a very fun, abusive show. Um, <laughs> but the reality is the, problem, the greatest problem with the Nets is they don't have a selfless facilitator on their team. They need someone who's going to come in there and control the offense. Kyrie's not that guy for you. And KD ain't that guy for you. Understand, understand this. KD's history is that he turns the ball over in the clutch. He, over, he, he, he overreacts. And the question we're going to find out this year is, what did he really learn in, with the Warriors? Did he learn how to be a warrior? Did he learn how to be a team first guy? Or did he just fit into a system? Because let's be honest, KD is an alpha talent, but he's not an alpha player. 
I mean, he gets mad if, if I go on Twitter and say, you suck. Like, I am nobody. Why do you care if I say you suck? <laughs> he gets a burner account and accidentally tweets at me personally <laughs> to respond. Like, well, you know, why, why do you need to defend yourself? You're a basketball player. Who cares? You know, I, th- I think KD deserves a visit to our, our sports uh, psychologist, uh, Tish Guerin, here, down here in Charlotte. She might be able to help unlock him. Um, <laughs> But, it, you know, this whole head coach conversation is kind of interesting, right? Because, you know, we, we talked about this. I believe we talked about it a few, few episodes ago. You know, was Steve Nash the most deserving for that job? Mm. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be head coach. I, I would prefer him going through a system. I know I, I, I defended him on the basis of, you know, you can tell he understands the game. Right. But coaching, and when I realized about coaching, I watched the um, documentary on Netflix looking at Doc Rivers. Um, coaching is not just about having an understanding of the game. There's a lot of rhythm to it. There's a lot of understanding to it. There's a lot of structure that comes to it. And so, coach, right. Bro, like a good coach. Right. Because you, you got to pick a great staff. Yep. You have to know the personalities of your players. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You you have to do so many different things on the outside. You can't be too friendly. You you know what I'm saying? You can't be too stern. You have to know who to plug in to do those things. So it's a lot that goes behind being a head coach. Was was Steve Nash the most deserving? When I hear Kyrie and KD on the podcast, man, I'm thinking like, well, Steve Nash might be the only one that can take this stuff. Because <laughs> anybody else ain't going to deal with that foolishness that Kyrie talking about. So Maybe Steve Nash is. Maybe a Steve Kerr, somebody that's like a, a free thinker and give people space and then kumbaya and all that. Maybe that's what Kyrie needs. So if Steve Nash fits that bill, then, yeah, he, he, he was the guy for the job. Kyrie needs a Ty Lue who turned to LeBron and said, shut the F up. Um, Kyrie and Ty Lue will be fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, yeah, so, you know, looking at Steve Nash as a head coach, it, it's interesting right now. We're looking at a coaching carousel. We, we saw the, late, the Clippers surprisingly fire Doc Rivers. We saw Mike D'Antoni separate. We saw OKC open up. Um, and we had some other head coaching vacancies across the league. And, and one thing I've noticed, man, is the disrespect to the black coach and the elevation – of at times above average or mediocre white coaches who aren't getting the same criticisms that these black coaches are getting. And so for me, I I get kind of frustrated watching it because, you know, you have two coaches that were on the market that have championship, not just experience, but championship winning experience, two black coaches. And it seems like every fan base is like, no, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want Glenn Rivers. I don't want Doc Rivers or, or I don't want Ty Lue. Um, and there are even some people on the podcast. I won't name names. I won't name genders. Oh. I think that Ty Lu is a bum for a head coach. And the reality is, one, you see this LeBron effect. The thing with LeBron is that that, that kind of gets my nerves with his fan base. When he doesn't do well, they find ways to blame everyone around him, just like with Peyton Manning when he didn't perform in the postseason. They'd be like, oh, his wide receiver not catching the ball. Oh, it was too cold. No, no, no. LeBron has acted in his career as if he didn't have a great roster around him. Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, uh, a, 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 they didn't have a deep bench, but they had good players. 
you know, we can't act as if LeBron was surrounded by absolute bums. He had talent. I mean, Ty Lue. Some years. Yeah, some years. David Blatt didn't win a championship with his roster. Ty Lue came in. He led them against the number one NBA, most winningest NBA team in one NBA season. Had to go down 3-1 and win game seven in their building. That is impressive stuff for any head coach. But people are saying, well, Ty Lue had LeBron. LeBron ran the organization. LeBron was the GM. LeBron was the coach. LeBron is awesome. LeBron is great. But remember, head coaches have their place. So I, I, don't like, I don't like the disrespect that the black coach is getting. E- even with Doc Rivers, I'm thankful he came to Philadelphia. I know Kelvin, you know, he's, he's even killing it. He's not too high, not too low. There we go. That's accurate. Um, I'm excited about it because he won a championship. Everyone says he didn't make out the Western Conference to Western Conference Finals in the West. The West is a hard conference. He also had to deal with a racist owner. He had to deal with uh, players uh, getting injured. I mean, if we tell the whole story, uh, Blake Griffin was tearing his knee almost every year in the playoffs around the second round. Hold on. Um, it's hard. It's kind of hard for Phil to hear this conversation about relevant teams and relevant <laughs> pertaining to basketball. So I'm so interested what his take is, Phil. I mean, it's all exciting news. You ain't hear exciting news about basketball in New York for a long time, bro. <laughs> so I just... Just want to try to throw you in there. I want Evan to finish his statement because I like Akari predicted that Doc. Oh, Rivers oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I have receipts, but go ahead. Me. I have receipts, viewers. Release the text messages. We got to release the text messages. Yeah. Don't I do it to him. Somebody save him, Allen. and Facebook <laughs> and actually Did I accurately predict this? All I know. On Sunday, I said. Uh, when Doc Rivers got released, I think it was Saturday, I said, I told Calvin, I did a group, do you want Doc Rivers? And he said, no. On Wednesday at 10 p.m., I said, congratulations, you have a new coach. On Thursday, the announcement, Thursday at late evening or afternoon, the announcement was made. To me, that was a predict, uh, uh, a predict, a predict <laughs> nope. that situation. Let me clean this up. Let me clean this up. Doc Rivers got released on Monday. He got released on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as, as soon, think about all the coaches who are available, right? Right. So you're talking about D'Antoni because D'Antoni was first on that list before right. Doc got fired. No, Tyron Lou, remember? Rumor he was, Lou he was, was on the he was on the list too, but it was there was a lot of noise about Mike D'Antoni potentially he he would either go to the Sixers or maybe the Pacers might be an option as well. So I would say I would say this as soon as Doc got released, who's the best coach that's available? Doc Rivers. I, exactly. So guess what? It's the obvious. It's the obvious pick. <laughs> It really like is. Like I said, pick. like as soon as he got obvious released, pick, everyone... like Tyron Lue was supposed to be the coach six weeks ago, three weeks ago when we heard the rumor, and that never happened. So, like I said, I released a text, and um, like I predicted that Doc will go to the 76s. Phil, Phil, look, Phil, look. Watch this. Watch this. How long did if we heard about Ty Lue six weeks ago? How long did it take the Sixers to even consider Ty Lue? How long did it take them to even bring in Mike D'Antoni? Rivers got released on a Monday. He was hired by a Thursday. The Sixers didn't want any of those guys. The Sixers got the coach they wanted. I made the predicament on Sunday. I asked so about Sunday. That's what you're, you're in a predicament. And I told congratulations. It was around 10. It was at 10 
10, 15 on a Wednesday. Congratulations, Doc is your new coach. The hiring will happen until the following day. Acting like you acting like the whole sports world by Wednesday wasn't saying the same thing as you. I mean, everybody was saying Doc Rivers to Philly by Wednesday when you made your prediction. Like I said, the prediction was made a day before the announcement. But That's everybody was saying it still by then. That's what I'm saying. It's not like you said it on Sunday or 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 exactly Sunday. Like that I said, "Do you want Doc Rivers?" Do you want Doc Rivers? Yes, yeah, that sounds like a prediction. No, that's, not, that's a question. That is a question, Phil. That's a question to set you up to know that something is happening for you. Oh, oh okay. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, see, that's what I'm saying. You're losing it. You're losing it. You a prediction, no, Phil. This is a prediction. Tyler okay. would be no, no. next LA Clippers. No, no, no. I'm coach. saying it was that a, a setup. Okay, I was a setup to let you know something is coming. Oh, and then when I got that tingling, spidey feeling on Wednesday at um, looking at the text right now at 10:15, when I text the group, "Congratulations, Doc is your new coach." Right? All right, Kyrie. I'm in Phil. <laughs> Next day, the announcement was made and so forth. But I'm just saying that. But to me, the plight is, and we digress a little bit as I made my prediction, and we may do a little prediction later on. But it is unfair that coaches with championship caliber, coaches who had who are architects of championship teams, coaches' resume that are far ways, especially Benny, um, Billy Donovan and Steve Nash. Yes, you have the right to, but to, they have the GMs have the right to select who they want to select. But we have coaches who have resumes, who have done so much more, are more deserving of opportunity than the current two who have been selected by the Bulls and by the Nets. You can think. I was going to say this real quick. When we also look at some of these vacancies that are available now, some of them are rebuilding like OKC. And then I believe when the next job was available, they asked, I believe it was Fisdale. Matter of fact, no, it was the Bulls job was available. They asked Fisdale if he would be interested in that job. A lot of these coaches aren't looking to necessarily rebuild. They right. want the talent that's already there so they can build something around them. And that's part of the issue now. Probably the most appealing job out of them all, outside of maybe the Rockets, but that's going to be kind of tricky, especially with the way that their lineup is set up with their personnel, is more Pelicans. than likely the Pelicans, Pelicans job, right? That might, be a job, that might be a job that's perfect for Sam Cassell if they, if they give him a call. I would actually like for him for that to be his first opportunity because he can actually build with that particular talent. Although I do believe that Brandon Ingram and Alonzo Ball or Alonzo's Ball's contract might be getting ready to come up, you still have a piece there that you're able to build upon. Now, when it comes to some of these white coaches, um, I feel like there's only a few now that just get recycled compared to how it was before. Sure. Now, it's just a matter of who wants that job. Sure. And that's really what's, what it's coming down to now. Now with the Brooklyn job, it's almost like they say in the real, in the real world, it's who you know. So I think oftentimes that's what we run into. Sometimes it is a race issue, but I feel like especially in that particular situation, it's more of 
well, I used to play with Steve. Steve's a great basketball mom. He's a two-time MVP. He really understands the game. He was able to run D'Antoni's system and put people in spots to be successful. Now, oftentimes, a lot of PGs are pretty good as coaches in the league, especially if you're the traditional point guard, not like your typical scoring point guard. Like, I think maybe only Isaiah Thomas might be the only one who can really get away with that. So... I feel like in certain cases, especially when it may come to players, I feel like they should have that ability to get into the league, but I don't feel like there would be a lot of white coaches. Maybe like you can maybe throw in like a Mark Price who would be a good coach because he was really good. But outside of that, I feel like that that group of white coaches is starting just to come down just a smidget, just a smidget. And, and just to piggyback a little bit, I honestly, I'm not, I, I kind of disagree with Ev in the sense that I'm not really respecting Ty Lue's championship. Probably it doesn't hold as much weight as um, somebody else. Um, just because I just think it is like, if I had to make a, uh, the example, I was saying like Draymond Green, like Draymond Green, he's a three-time champion, right? <laughs> but I don't want Jerry Ryan Green on my team without <laughs> not bringing Steph a clutch. <laughs> so I think I think the team that you had and the success you had, it all it all adds together. You know, I think I think if you don't have LeBron and it had a top top the cream of the crop players, then I gotta look at your even Doc Rivers. You you got KG Prime, you got uh, Paul Pierce, you got Ray Allen and Rondo. I mean, and that's your only title. I gotta kind of look at that oh, too and say, let's say, not say KG Prime. KG was amazing when he played for Boston. Yeah, he, he was, was expiring. He was expiring. He, he was, was expiring. The milk about to spoil in five days. About to. About to. <laughs> about to. Is, is, is he, was he Shaq on Cleveland? Nah. He was. KG still was a state KG. He was still right. First team all defense. He was Shaq in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was more Shaq in Miami, if anything. <laughs> But so I'm saying, like, KG still was balling, and, and Ray was balling, and, and uh, so was so was uh, Paul Pierce. So I'm just saying, I look at that and say, okay, if I'm an owner, I have to factor that stuff in, too. I, I, I can't just not look at it and say, oh, well, who's on this team? You know, I got to look at that, too. And I'm not, I'm not talking about as much as, as owners. I think owners wanted uh, Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. I, I'm talking about perception of these owners from fan bases it's like from of, of these coaches is from fan bases like like oh no no there's no way there's no way but then they're excited about someone like billy donovan that's just confusing to me when he's underachieved more or mike d'antoni who's underachieved more at, at least at, at the very least doc has had two finals appearances and they had to deal with the super team yeah oh yeah yeah we still blew a 3-1 lead with the best players in the world true 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 <laughs> Uh, but let's transition. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the finals. Really, there's nothing much to say. Um, it's, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. Congratulations. Right. I, I give Miami probably one game, but Bam is out. Rogers is out. Their point guard is out. Yeah. Congratulations, LeBron's first sweep of the finals. I believe it's going to be a sweep. I gave him an extra game. I would have gave him a game, you know, because, you know, the momentum, but LeBron is locked in, and it's a wrap. And we could start talking about next year. Oh, wow. Hold on. So, wow. so 
Aren't these players day to day? Uh, like, Bam is actually playing tonight. Bam, Bam, Bam. Playing tonight. So Bam's playing tonight. It's a whole, it's a whole different game where Bam's playing. I, I'm not ready to throw people out yet. I mean, come on. I've seen some stranger things happen. No, they're done. They're done. They're done. Hold on, time out, time out. So, so if AD sprains his ankle tonight, are they still done? You're talking about a miracle. You're talking I'm about just a miracle. Saying, we got Dragic got hurt. Um, what you call got hurt? Another player on the but, team, Bam got hurt. Uh, his ankle, uh, Jimmy Butler ankle got messed up. Things can happen. All right, but, can happen. but but look at the speed and look how Miami play. Underdogs fight, 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 and you could and you have to admit the Lakers some during the playoffs as coast or relaxed, put their foot out of the gas. But now the Lakers look like this is it. They're locked in. Remember the underdogs are playing every game as game game seven. Miami's playing every game like game seven. So they, so they about to break down. The body can only do so much. The Lakers, they they took a couple of games in the regular, um, the eight game, seating off. They and and we talked about that. And then during the playoff, they took probably the first game and each one off, and then they locked in. They are locked in. Can so, I tell you what will hurt the Lakers? Can I can I just say before we go you ahead out there? I think what will hurt the Lakers is stat chasing. Mm. Now what I've seen from the beginning of the series, the first game was when the game seemed to be out of reach. <clears throat> LeBron was focused on getting these last three assists. You see what I'm saying? Um, when you have players now, yeah. the media has a lot to do with it too. They already say, well, K well uh, AD, you know, um, don't look like you backseating LeBron no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like how you feel about, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that, especially with a LeBron James figure, I'm starting to worry a little bit that that they might start playing a little bit different basketball when they feel like they got this in the bag for go start stat chasing. And then before you know it, we might steal a game or two. Man, look. I'm not saying sweep. I'm saying, I'm saying the Lakers are going to win the series. That's what I'm saying. Man, I, I look at it like this. And I said this as soon as Boston pretty much lost control of game seven. I immediately called a sweep because I was like, I don't see any matchup that that favors the Heat at all. I'm like, they're undersized, and the issue that they're going to run into, and I never – people always say Boston – people thought Boston would beat the Lakers, but I say no. The thing with Boston is they're able to score, Right. Miami goes through phases throughout the game to where it's like they're playing great defense, but sometimes their offense just isn't there. Like they just couldn't hit shots. I mean, we saw it in game one. It, it was there. They were still playing defense, but they just couldn't hit a shot to save their life. And so I was like, Boston actually gives you more of a challenge because you got four players who can give you 20 on any given night. So I'm just like, there's no – there's no – there really isn't any matchup because I really, like, watched game two this morning. And I was like, hmm, maybe they just need more length. So I had to look up. I was like, wait, Derrick Jones Jr., how tall is he? 6'6"? Six, six. He can jump, but never mind. He can't guard AD. Uh, <laughs> basically, like, I looked at it like this. And matter of fact, I'm going to just throw this out real quick, and I just want to hear your thoughts. I was talking to my cousin the other day. He said the Heat, he said if the Heat gets swept, it looks bad for them. I said no, because for one, 
most people didn't expect them to be here. I didn't expect them to be in the finals, but I expected them to be in the conference finals. I said, they're a superstar and probably another good big away from actually like really like being a strong contender. I just want to know y'all guys' thoughts real quick. I agree with you. <clears throat> I think, I, I mean, I personally thought that um, they, they're in a week. It's going to just show that the East is weak. <laughs> I mean, from the jump, from this thing, before this thing started, you know, I'm on record, um, unlike Phil. I'm on record. <laughs> I'm on record saying that the East was <laughs> grabs. You see what I'm saying? So to me, <clears throat> like like you was pointing out too, that on paper the matchups outweigh tremendously. You know what I'm saying? So I always said somebody, some people gonna have out of body moments to win that series on a on the Heat team for them to be competitive. And if everybody just plays at the same level as far as intensity and skill level, then it's lopsided. The Lakers win every every time, but I only say strange things happen because anything can happen. I mean, that time where where they got that where the Raptors got the win, <laughs> you got KD getting hurt, you got Klay Thompson getting hurt. So if it's some weird things that happen, then he can probably do it. But if it's just everybody playing their best basketball, I don't think it's I don't I just don't find it to be close. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I think the East was weak, and I think that's why early on before the bubble went back. Kevin and I said, this thing's wide open. I mean, the Sixers, if they play right, could get in the championship. Uh, Milwaukee proved who they were. Um, and, you know, Boston, I think Boston would have been a better matchup. It's just that, you know, they. I, I think I think Boston did what Kelvin suggested, what if the Lakers do. They, I don't think that Boston took them seriously. Um, and so I'm so happy – Stop hearing these narratives about Jimmy Butler getting up at three o'clock in the morning, drenched in sweat, bouncing a basketball. Who cares? So what? <laughs> Let him do it. Oh, man. <laughs> but people are like, yeah, this is this is the type of grind basketball we need. We need more Michael Jordan. He's not Michael Jordan skill wise. He he's Jimmy Butler. Thank you. Please point that out. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, um, congrats to the Lakers. Um, this is still an asterisk championship, as Kelvin said, before the play bubble started. And um, this does not help in any way solidify his resume comparing it with Michael Jordan. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening to another episode of a Ladies and Dudes podcast. Look forward to seeing you next week uh, as we discuss more and more topics. Uh, we want you to drop us a line uh, on our SoundCloud or in, in our um, – uh, iTunes or or even our Spotify, letting us know any topics you'd like to hear us discuss as we continue to, to push this conversation about sports uh, forward. Thank you for listening and good night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.